0: Hello listeners, this is Encouraging Distraction. I'm your host Jen. Today as we cover Irish histories, mysteries, and legends, we will practice aromancy and divine the future and the weather. On the February of 14th of this year, storm Dennis brought floods and high winds of up to 50 to 65 kilometers per hour, bringing down branches, trees, and power lines. As more storms batter the coast, it's a small reminder that Ireland is no stranger to large storms. They say that the night was eerily calm, that the birds did not stir, nor did the branches crack. When the big wind came on the 6th of January 1839. The people of Ireland were preparing for women's little Christmas when the weather changed in the night. Little Christmas was a reward for the women's hard work over the Christmas season, cooking sweet puddings and making delicate treats for their families. This was a time for the ladies to gather in the homes of their close friends and bring their homemade sweets and enjoy a good gossip. The rain battered down hard on the thatched rooftops and hail struck through glass window panes. It was called Iha Nogueja It is recorded that the gusts were so strong that it tore the stones off Carlo Castle. The storm was encapsulated by the poem The Night of the Big Wit, or The End of the World.
1: Iha Nogueja Mora Nodella on tail Er ihe kyoun, on deg, be quina cringeheg, is ima melia deg, imwalia muiristir, ihe guehemora, ihe stirma dwitter, Odin dita kyanta, a strica, magus ober egg messa. In English it is the night of the big wind or the end of the world the night of epiphany will be clearly remembered forever many thousands perished at home at sea and abroad it was a night of big wind a night of storm and burning that caused floods tore trees to shreds and made work for craftsmen collected by Chiron Mactoona of Ortee from Amon Macina of Duga Achel
0: As the winds and waters covered Ireland and killed an estimated 300 inhabitants, the mud alongside the river Boyne was washed away. Unearthed in the receding muck, the broken bones of soldiers killed in the famous Battle of the Boyne a 150 years earlier, The bodies of the disciplined and better equipped Williamite army mingled with those of the ragtag rebellious Jacobites in the muddy riverside. The big wind may have blown some stories away, but storms often have a way of revealing stories lost and some yet to be told. When Storm Christina battered the western coast of Ireland in 2014, the swells and tides exposed a medieval settlement when they finally receded. It is believed to be part of a monastic enclosure that was previously found after a storm in the early 1990s. Sunken houses from the 18th and 19th century were also discovered in the days after. Along the Cary Coast, a 111-year-old shipwreck, nicknamed the Sunbeam, which had been on Rossbag Beach since January 28, 1903, washed further up onto the shore. In turn, Christina took parts of the Bonn Wall around Benoan Castle and damaged parts of Ennishark's graveyard, and also took evidence of other historic coastal settlements. After strong winds fell an ancient beech tree in September of 2015, it turned up the upper part of a skeleton, suspending it in the tangled, woody roots. Caked in the rocks, silt, and debris was the body of a brutally murdered young man no older than 25 years. Slashes on his hand bones appeared to be defensive wounds to slow, the blows to his ribs. The deep gouges appeared to have been made with a sharp blade. The particular nature of his wounds suggests that it was murder, rather than ritual, punishment, or a result of war. Whatever personal dispute that caused his death, however, will always remain unknown, as the tree that ripped his bones To the surface was not only over 215 years old, carbon dating suggests that his death occurred sometime between 1030 and 1200 AD. In July of 2018, for the first time since 1977, the Emerald Isle turned to a dusty brown. Delicate blades of lush green grass crumbled into pale fine powder. Instead of the usual daily event of soft summer rain, the heat beat down and fires broke out across the gorse. In the aftermath of the Brayhead gorse fire, it uncovered the stone air sign from World War II. After the War of Independence, Ireland remained a neutral country during the Second World War, and saw bomber planes from both sides pass through the Irish airspace the large stone letters carefully covered in prickly brush beaten back by the flames. The drought also unveiled remains of a building believed to be the childhood home of St. Oliver Plunkett and a 4500 year old Neolithic structure in County Meath. In the wake of the loss of crops and the destruction of flames, 66 new Irish monuments were reported during that summer drought. Ring forts, barrow cemeteries, hinges, and large round structures suddenly became visible through the dying crops. On the Isle of Lewis, off the coast of Scotland, a star-shaped burn mark was hidden under the peat of an ancient stone circle, suggesting that perhaps the Neolithic people were inspired to construct the megaliths as devotional monuments decided by natural phenomena. Professor Vincent Gaffney believes that the lightning strikes may have hit an upstanding feature in the center of that circle, making the arrangement of stones a representation of a tangible act of God for worship. It leaves the question though, did the lightning strike come first and the structure built around the star-shaped blast? or? Was the structure built to specifically channel lightning like a rod? Understanding Neolithic Celtic people's reasons for the placement and use of their stone circles in particular locations and their associated ancient rituals have always been a subject of fascination for many historians. They are places of burial, places of celebration, and places to predict agricultural events, and perhaps an attempt to predict the weather. In modern day, we understand the need to predict the weather, but what about predicting the future with weather? Damasius, the last scholar of the School of Athens, Wrote the following entry after witnessing weather divinations. She took thought for a man entrusted with a military command, who was sent with others to the war against the Vandals in Sicily. She prayed to foresee the future by dreams and prayed facing the sun. Her father prescribed and commanded her in a dream to pray towards the west. When she prayed, a cloud from the upper air stood around the sun and became enlarged and took the shape of a man another cloud sheared off and rendered itself of equal size and took the shape of a wild lion it went into a great rage and having made a great chasm the lion swallowed the man the human cloud made shape was that of a goth a little more about the apparitions thereupon the emperor leo slew aspar himself the hegemon of the goths in constantinople and his children. Aromancy, or divination by cloud and weather formations, is an ancient practice of discovering the will of the gods by observing the clouds. It is one of the oldest forms of fortune-telling. The Babylonians, in particular, found the signs in the sky to be of great interest and practiced this form of divination. Within Christianity, it was mentioned frequently, The practice was condemned by Moses, used by the three wise men to follow the phenomena of the star over Bethlehem to Christ's birth, and noted in the story of Noah and the Great Flood. Aromancy was considered an important tool in Druidism. In an introduction to and an history of Ireland, Sylvester O'Hollorant writes that the Druids practiced Aromancy, or were blessed with second sight, or Druidic knowledge, there is no way to truly know the exact practice of Celtic superstitions as they have now been eliminated by time and English subjugation. There are some early written records from Christian missionaries, however, their reports of religious practices would be biased towards the pagan Irish natives. John Wendell, an Irish antiquarian who studied early Irish literature and Ulm inscription, writes, Druidism was an artfully contrived system of elaborate fraud and imposture. To them was entrusted the charge of religion, jurisprudence, and medicine. They certainly well studied the Book of Nature, were acquainted with the marvels of natural magic, the proportion of plants and herbs, and what of astronomy was known to them. They may have been skilled in mesmerism and biology. He thought that to the druids exclusively were known all the occult virtues of oracles, omens, aromancy, fascinations, exorcism, dream interpretations, and visions, as well as palmistry. In some scholars' accounts, it is believed that perhaps the druids are the most ancient people to practice aromancy as the Gauls would have brought their Celtic practices to the Middle East and Greece with their travels. But in the end, there is little we can do about the weather, or the predictions within it. Weather is a great metaphor for life, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, and there's nothing you can do about it but carry on and bring an umbrella. Typically, I like to conclude our podcasts with uh, a short discussion about related topics or debating some of the topics discussed in the podcast. Um, So instead, I would just like to take a minute and think over the poem that we read today uh, by Lovely Peter. Uh, and its interpretation. Um, Usually it's seen as the new being made from the destruction and taking a bad thing and turning it into something creative. So I think That's true when it comes to any kind of bad or hard situation that we come across in our lives to do the best with what you have uh, and try and make something for yourself out of it. Um, There's been quite a few hard topics to deal with in the news recently. Uh, There's been blizzards and storms and fires uh, And locust swarms in East Africa and earthquakes in Eastern Europe. So it's been a hard time for everybody, I think. Um, So I think instead of our usual discussion, I'd just like to take this moment to give a special thanks to all of the People in our healthcare community, in our first responders community, and uh, to retailers uh, on the front line, those cashiers who are making sure everybody gets their supplies and putting their health on the line for others. Um, I'd like to thank everyone for staying inside. I'd like to thank everyone for socially distancing themselves. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone for washing their hands. Um, I also would like to thank you for stopping in today for a story and taking a moment to ponder with us. Uh, Thank you for listening to Encouraging Distraction and please be sure to keep up with the latest news uh, about Encouraging Distraction on the Facebook page. I will be streaming live stories (laughs) to keep morale up during this time. Thank you so much.